Thank you for that and all of the wonderful worship thus far. Um, I'd like for us to begin with a time of meditation and uh, just quiet reflection and centering, and uh, then I'll lead us in a prayer on this particular morning as we're gathered together. Would you bow and maybe find your own voice uh, to speak to the Lord about something that's on your heart or to lay un... Uh, to lay on God some burden that you've been carrying around, whatever it is, and then I'll lead us in a time of prayer. Eternal Spirit, we are thankful for your coming into our world and into our hearts and into our churches. We pray that you would grant light, that you would be fire, that you would cleanse, that you would renew, that you would heal. And we pray an ancient 13th century prayer when we declare you the greatest comforter, the sweetest guest of the soul. We thank you for your abiding sweet presence and at times your troubling presence in our lives. We pray that as the word is taught and preached today that you, Spirit, might apply it to our situations and that you might convict and draw. We pray that Your mighty blessing might rest upon our vacation Bible camp and all of the leaders and all of the children and all of the families. The same for our basketball camp, for the experience of learning and growing and understanding the gospel in fresh dimensions, and for the mission trips that begin soon, for safety and clarity and rest and effectiveness and your abiding presence on the work. We pray your healing touch to those who are sick, your comfort to those who are grieving, your courage to those who are serving in first lines of defense in the military, other places in the world, and above all, your presence in our heart to help us listen. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray, amen. Relationships 101, because we never graduate from doing life together, and by the way, we want to thank Lucy Seabloom for the wonderful job she's done with the chalkboard to make, to replicate the, uh, the mailer that was uh, mailed out, the sort of the graphic for this sermon series, and uh, we appreciate her attentiveness to detail and, and uh, having that there sort of reminding us each week what these sermons are all connected with and what they're all about. This morning we think about listening, as you have heard us uh, talking about that as a theme throughout the worship service. Many years ago, there was a TV show on uh, Art Linkletter's House Party. Many of you are too young to even know about that, but uh, at the conclusion of his uh, variety show, he would always interview a few children who were seated in chairs and he would just sit down in front of them, and he, would, he had this knack for 
drawing children out to say honest things and to say uh, cute things, to say profound things. And one day he was interviewing a little boy and asked him, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, an airplane pilot. And so Linkletter said, okay, Tommy, here's the, here's the situation. You're an airplane pilot and you're flying high in the sky and all of a sudden all four engines stop. What will you do? Tommy thought for a moment and he said, I'd get on the microphone and I'd tell all the passengers, fasten your seatbelts. Good. What would you do next, Tommy? He said, I'd get my parachute and I'd jump out. <laughs> and the audience, the audience did exactly what you just did. They roared with laughter. But Linkletter saw in Tommy's face confusion and uh, a little bit of dread, and he saw water begin to form in Tommy's eyes as if Tommy had been greatly misunderstood. And so Linkletter, being such a careful listener, waited for the laughter to die down and said, Tommy, why would you get a parachute and jump out? And Tommy said... I'd be back. I was just going after gasoline. <laughs> but think how important it was that this adult listened a little more closely to hear just a little bit more and to know that not everything that was important had been said and to watch the body language of the little boy and know that there was more in him that he needed to communicate. Listening is so important. And we never graduate from the school of listening. And as the skit showed early in the, the worship service, we, we sometimes get really sloppy and terrible at it. Listening is so crucial. And in an age where we have so much communication with Facebook and, and all of the social media, uh, we have a lot of surface conversations, but I'm not sure that that makes us better listeners. In, in the words of, of one author, uh, we, we have more connections in general, but fewer connections in particular. You know, we have the general connection on Facebook or whatever, but then we don't have, we don't have any kind of particular conversation that's meaningful or, or helpful at all. I wonder if you remember the... Uh, uh, movie that came out several years ago, Tom Hanks starred in it, uh, and it was entitled Castaway, and it was the movie about uh, him being shipwrecked on a, a remote island all by himself, the only survivor, and he was so lonesome. He was so uh, incredibly alone, craving conversation, that he took a volleyball that had been, that had survived the crash and he painted a face on the volleyball. Does anybody remember what he named the volleyball? Wilson. That's the name of the product. It's Wilson Volleyballs, and he named the volleyball Wilson. And all through the show, he talks to Wilson. He dialogues with Wilson. Because there is this craving within us to be heard. There is this need in us to be known and to be significant enough to someone else that someone would listen, even if it's a volleyball that has a face painted on it. Kind of sad, huh? But it helps us think about listening. Well, it might help us to know that uh, there are lots of scriptures in the Bible about listening and about 
not speaking too quickly, listening first and, and speaking only when we have to. Uh, the James scripture that we read earlier as our text is certainly one of them, but Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19 says, the more talk, the less truth. The wise measure their words. In other words, the more volume of talk, the less likely that truth will always be packed in there. And then Proverbs 17, 28, I love this one. Even dunces who keep quiet are thought to be wise. As long as they keep their mouths shut, they're smart. And we thought Mark Twain was the first one who ever said, uh, better to keep your mouth shut and have people think you a fool than to open it and to confirm that. Because Proverbs said it a long time before Mark Twain came along, and, and those scriptures are so true and so honest. And then the text that was read earlier, I won't read it all, but it says, you must understand this, James 1.19, let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, You know what? We reverse that. Scripture says, quick to listen, slow to speak. We flip that around. We are quick to speak and slow to listen. And God, as Brooke said, did give us two ears and one mouth. Do the math. The ratio is there. God gave us some really good guidance on the proportion of listening and speaking. But the other thing that might not be as evident if you've not been studying James chapter 1 all week long um, is that right before those profound pointed words about listening carefully, uh, James is actually talking about what God has done for us. In the two verses before, every generous act of giving, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation, no shadow of turning, that famous promise that Every gift of God uh, comes down from above, and in God there is no variation. And then in fulfillment of His own purpose, He caused us to be born again, born anew, miraculously, supernaturally, born by the Spirit uh, into new life. See, James is saying, God is the giver. We need to get in the receptive mode. And the same receptive mode that is needed to receive God's gifts daily and to receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, that same receptive spirit is needed daily to listen to God and to listen to other people. We need to maintain and cultivate that receptive spirit so that we're listening and receiving not only from God, but from others. And so there is a connection, as we found out all through this relationship series. The way I listen to God is probably going to be the same way I listen to others. And the way I listen to others is probably going to impact the way I listen to God. It's all related. We're either good listeners or we're not to God and to others. It's all kind of connected. Do you like to do anagrams? You know what an anagram is? An anagram is a new word formed out of another word where the letters are rearranged and jumbled around in a, in a new fashion. An anagram. Let me show you the words listen and the words silent. You have By a twist of English language, did you know that the same letters in the word listen can be flipped around and an anagram formed, and out of the word listen, the word silent is formed. 
Isn't that interesting? There's a lesson there. That listening can't ha- happen until we close our mouths and we get quiet. And it might surprise us what we will hear when we get quiet. To grow still. There's a curious verse of Scripture tucked away in the book of Revelation. It's, the book of Revelation is, mo- is mostly noise. It's the chanting of worship angels and humans praising God around the throne, peals of thunder, all kinds of loud noises. And tucked away in Revelation 8.1 are these words, There was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. In the midst of that great noise, those cataclysmic events, a panorama of world history, in heaven there was silence for 30 minutes. Silence. The only way listening is ever, ever going to happen. Silence. Now, there's a lot of false listening that happens that we call listening. Uh, I want to show you some of those. Uh, One of the the false listening methods is uh, a yes, but. It's sort of the uh, 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 yes, but listening. It's uh, we're not really listening. We're just waiting to argue our point. It's the one that uh, uh, we're just waiting for their mouth to stop moving, and then we can jump in and correct we can jump in and tell it better, whatever. And then the second one is related to that, but it's not the same thing. It's, that, it's the I can top that listening. We're not really hearing what they have to say. It's like the two fishermen. The first liar doesn't have a chance, right? I caught a fish that long. Well, I caught a fish that long. You know, we always want to top that. We, uh, our story is more gory or it's more dramatic or it's funny or, or it's whatever, and we're not really listening. And then there is what I call the high caffeine listening, where you know we're just sort of like you know like the dog on the movie up squirrel. You know you're 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 here and and then you're jumping around and the person's talking but you're walking you're looking at who's walking by rather than listening to the person or you're working on your iPhone or you're working at your computer or you're watching TV or you're jumping in peppering with questions and not even listening to the answers and it's like this high high energy caffeine kind of non listening that's just sort of jumping around and it's. It's very insulting because we're not honoring the other person and we're not taking time and we're not being silent, not being still. Uh, Gary Chapman wrote this book, The Five Love Languages, and he's mostly talking about marriage. He's talking about married couples, but the lesson applies to everyone. He says there's a difference between being in physical proximity with one another and being together. You got that? We can be in physical proximity to one another and not really be together. In physical proximity to one another, but, you know, the TV's going or the electronic devices are going and we're not really aware of one another's presence. And Gary Chapman says we need to shut off the machines, we need to look in each other's eyes, And we need to cultivate conversation that involves careful, active listening. And men, 
this is for free. I'm just, I'm just throwing this in because we need a lot of help. It really frustrates women when we forget that listening is not, first of all, problem solving. Listening is, first of all, being present. Men biologically, physiologically are wired to solve problems and immediately we want to jump to, well, you know what I would do is, or what you need to do was let me fix that. What, what that person craves is presence and awareness that she has been heard. The solutions can come later. But listening is first of all about presence, not problem solving. One of the best descriptions of active listening that I ever heard was at a Promise Keepers rally. Um, years ago, I think it was Gary Smalley who was talking about communication. And he said, good active communication is like driving through Taco Bell. You're in your car, you come up to the speaker, the voice says, may I help you? And you say, I want two soft shell tacos, two bean burritos, and taco salad. And the person inside either communicates uh, through the radio or on screen or both and says to you, that was one soft shell taco and three bean burritos and two Diet Cokes, and you say, no, what I said was two tacos, two bean burritos, and a taco salad. Right, right there, you have active listening happening. You have a message sent, you have feedback, and then you have clarification. How many problems in our lives would be solved if once we hear somebody say something, we said, what I heard you saying was, and then repeat it as we understand it, and then say, is that what you were communicating? And they can say, well, almost, but not quite. Well, no, you didn't hear this. No, that's not what I meant, or yes, it was. So that there is, there is a message sent, there is clarification, there is feedback. That is active listening. But you know, some of what I've been sharing today you can get in a webinar at some leadership conference. Some of what I've been sharing today, you could get at work or at school. It's good, but it's not necessarily gospel. See, what I'm trying to say is, even today, the unchurched culture around us understands some things about communication and the church of Jesus Christ should not be lagging behind. The church should be modeling and leading the way in active listening. We shouldn't have to be learning from the world the message from God's Word and from the person of Jesus Christ. God is the one who practiced active listening. God heard our cry. God heard our prayers. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, and through Jesus Christ we have a priest, a relationship with God, by which God may hear us and we may hear God. We are in this vibrant, active relationship with God that is incredible. And we need to be modeling that. Our church has Stephen Ministry, trained lay leaders who, who partner, they, they come alongside an individual for an extended period of time to, to basically do listening and caring by listening. And it's a wonderful ministry that has healed and touched many, many lives. 
And that's just one example of how God can work through our active listening as we live the gospel through active listening. Haven't you in your own life at some point or other been blessed by someone who listened deeply? Haven't you in your own life been almost transformed by someone who just drew it out of you and you felt cleansed because of the deep listening that happened? I don't think I've ever told this story. I found it in some old journals. When I pastored in a different community uh, many years ago, I was going through a particularly dark time. Uh, I was in a lot of pain. And I didn't think I had anyone I could talk to about it. And uh, one night I had a dream when I was going through this. I had a dream. And in this dream, my good pastor friend named Lou, a, a real pastor, a real friend in the community, in this dream, my pastor friend Lou sat down with me and he said these words, pretend I'm Jesus and tell me everything you need to. And in my dream, when I heard those words, I burst into tears and I wept tears of relief and release. And when I woke up from that dream, my pillow was moist. Let's pray.